Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. My name's Stephen. Uh, my wife, Brittany, and I are the location pastors of C3 East Village, which is our downtown location. And we love being a part of C3 Calgary. We love this church, um, and, and we, we love this community. And again, I'm so thankful and privileged to get to, to bring the word today. You know, um, it's been six months since we've done that to a, a live, live people. We've been doing it on a screen, but also it's been the same for Pastor Lorne. And uh, after three weeks, he's actually released the pulpit to me, which is a great privilege, and um, thank you for that. And it just shows how awesome they are, my, my mother and father-in-law, at empowering people. And next week, they're celebrating 25 years of ministering here in Calgary. That's amazing. And we're going to do that together as a church. We're going to uh, have two services and food truck and, uh, you know, have a little bit of a, a trip down memory lane in some of the things that we share because 25 years has been... But there's many, many, many more years to come. And that's just the foundation and the legacy. C3 East Village is a result of the, the faithfulness to the call 25 years ago. Uh, there's churches all around Canada that have come out of this place. There's leaders raised up. And it's an amazing um, privilege to get to launch off that platform. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for saying yes. And, uh, and thank you for producing great children, such as my wife, that I got to marry as well. That's also a... Big bonus on top there, and it's an awesome thing. Today I'm speaking on the Word of God. Yeah. I love the Word of God. I love the Word of God. This is one of our core values here as a church, and we've been going through a series called Why, and really we've been looking at why, why are these core values for us as C3 Calgary, but also that I, I believe in, and we believe we need to have as individuals. We've been looking at uh, Spirit of God and, and, and Jesus, relationships, um, getting back together, and the Bible. Pastor Lorne preached so well last week on, on the Word of God being Christ and Christ being the Word of God that you actually can't separate the two um, and that He is the Word made flesh. And I'm going to focus in on the written Word of God today because we are a, a, a value of ours is that we are a people of the Bible. We are biblically orientated. That's an expectation that you can have every time you come to service. And for anyone who's been here in any of those 25 years, I, I know that that's what you've experienced, that we do our best. We do our best to be a people of the Word. And, uh, and we're talking about the written Word. So I'm going to share from Psalm 109. This is one of my favorite Psalms in the Bible. It's actually the longest chapter in the Bible. Don't worry, I'm only sharing a few verses today. Um, but at, originally in a Hebrew language, it's written as, uh, as a poem, acrostic poem, using the letters of the alphabet. And, uh, and it's this beautiful picture from the psalmist, a beautiful song and declaration and prayer um, about a passion for the Word of God and living by the Word. I encourage you to, to read it. And, uh, and more than read it, make it your own. As I was prepping this message, I, I was uh, reading through it and listening to it on my um, audio Bible on the, on the way into the office, and then declaring it. Because it's one thing to hear, hear the Word of God and read it, but then we need to declare it and make it our own. And that's my prayer today. So I'm going to share from chapter 119, verse 103 to 105, as we, as we start today looking at the, why the Bible, why the Word of God's important. It says, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. 
through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. What an amazing, and a light of the word of God, hey? That it's a, a lamp to our feet and, and a light to our path. That it, that it lights up the way when we don't know the way. That when times are dark, when times are confusing, when we need clarity in our life, the Word of God can illuminate the steps to take as we, as we pour into it being a person of the Word. I'm sure we've all experienced trying to get, do things in the dark. Maybe your power's gone out when you're in the middle of cooking or you've got um, lost in our beautiful Canadian wilderness. Uh, you've found yourself, for whatever reason, in, in the dark. Uh, lights are out. And it's not easy to do things. Um, thankfully, uh, Brittany and I have a, have a son. He's two and a half years old. He's so into my preaching this morning. He's watching Paw Patrol here on the front, front, uh, front row there. And we have another baby on the way due in December, a baby boy. Super excited for. Super excited for. That's an amazing blessing. One thing I'm not excited for is those wake-up calls in the middle of the night that you get from the baby crying. And, uh, you know, has anyone experienced that? You know, 12 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 4 o'clock, rock, all those things that, are, that happens. And Hewan didn't sleep real well for the first year of his life. So uh, let's just call it the shadow of the valley of death. It felt a little like uh, he was waking up all the time and I'd find myself in the dark stumbling around. And so you'd run out to go and see what's going on or stumble out. And by the end of it, you had five new bruises, ripped pajamas. There was this one time that uh, I went out to fill up his his milk bottle, I thought I was filling up his container, I was actually filling up his powdered probiotic container. I'd somehow mix them up and then the water started to pour out, and the milk started to pour out everywhere, made a big mess. We do silly things in the dark, we make mistakes. Um, and I've got that to look forward to again in a few months, but I'm gonna um, come prepared with a flashlight this time and it's gonna be awesome. But uh, we do funny things when we're trying to find our way around in the dark. And that's what the psalmist is alluding to here that the Word of God is actually meant to be a lamp for us to know what to do next. It's actually meant to be a light to the path before us, set before us. And the conditions on that are, are that we are a people of the Word. If we don't activate and utilize the Word in our life, then we can't expect the light that the Word promises to be present. So we are a Bible-believing church and movement as C3. We believe the Bible. Our global statement of faith says, the Bible is the living word of God. It is infallible, authoritative, and everlasting, and is the foundation for all Christian doctrine. This should not be controversial. This shouldn't be a funny thing to say in a church. Unfortunately, we find ourselves in a day and age where the integrity of the Bible and the authority of the Bible is continuously being um, diminished, uh, or ignored or tried to be drowned out by the world. But we're not a people of the world, we're a people of the word. And we believe that the Bible is living and authoritative. And more and more, I believe that we have to take a stand and know what we believe about the word of God, know our convictions, know how we feel that the Lord is uh, telling us to, to function in our life with that and take a, a strong stance because the world's getting louder but we are of a different kingdom, and we need to know what we believe about the Bible. This season has been a great opportunity, the year 2020, to really put some of our convictions to test, and we'll talk a bit about that later. But I'm excited and passionate about the Word of God. 
Maybe you're not sure where you stand on the Bible, and that's okay. We're, we're on a journey. We all, um, you know, have different backgrounds, different upbringings. I didn't grow up in the church. I didn't have a foundation in the Bible um, before I gave my life to the Lord as a teenager. Uh, but, you know, there is a strong um, attack from the enemy through many different avenues to try and diminish the Word of God in, in our lives. And we, we feel that as, as Christians. Um, so I, I want to talk about that a bit. I'm excited. You know, the Bible doesn't really need defending and looking very defendable. It can be defended, and there's a time and place. I love apologetics and, and looking into that kind of thing. But um, Charles Spurgeon has a great quote. He says, the word of God is like a lion. You don't have to defend a lion. All you have to do is let the lion loose, and the lion will defend itself. I'm hoping to let the, the word of God loose today. But I do want to give an overview of the Word of God, the Bible, for those who maybe haven't had that background or you haven't visited it. You know, we have 66 books here written over 1,500 years by over 40 different authors spanning from peasants and shepherds um, to priests and philosophers right up to royalty. And it's beginning, it starts at the beginning, beginning of creation. It, it unveils creation for us and takes us through a journey right to the end of this age, which is really just the beginning of something amazing going to take place. And it all pinnacles uh, in the life of Jesus Christ. Everything is leading towards the coming Messiah. Uh, that we need, and we all need a Savior. Let's not kid ourselves. In the, in the books, uh, bookshops at the moment, self-help shelves are pretty popular, and, and I read some of these books as well, have, if you've been in there. It's a whole category to itself. And uh, the thing about the Bible is it doesn't belong on a self-help bookshelf. It's actually, a, what it tells us is by ourselves we're helpless. It belongs on that bookshelf that we actually need a savior. And in that context, we get to live in a and Jesus, we get to do amazing things and overcome things, but it's by relying on God and Jesus as our savior. And then so it pinnacles in Jesus Christ and his life. And then the rest of the Bible in the New Testament is how do we live our life flowing out of that place? And our, our series here, why it says on the screen, Bible, Spirit, Jesus, Relationships. And I was so thinking how these are such important recipes in our Bible reading. Um, you know, if we remove one of these from one of the others, we are actually missing, missing something in, in the cake. You know, if we're trying to do... Uh, if we're trying to do a spirit-filled life, but we remove the word or we remove Jesus from that, it's going to be lacking something. If we try to do relationships well, but we're not guided by the word of God and have the grace of Jesus, we're actually going to miss something out. And it's the same with the Bible. If we remove one of these categories, if we remove the spirit of God in the word, if we remove Jesus, the entire Bible being about the word, and and if we remove relationships, which is the context of which the word's meant to be played out, and move, we're actually missing the point of the Word of God. This is a great little guideline, our core values of reading the Word. But I digress. Let me jump back in to where we're at. So I'm not so much here to defend the Word of God, although it's very defendable against the attacks that come to it. I want to share from 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. It says, all Scripture, all Scripture, not just some, not just the convenient pages in this book, you're telling me all Scripture? Yeah, all Scripture is God-breathed, uh, is breathed out by God, profitable, which means beneficial. It's beneficial for you and I. 
for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent and equipped for every good work. This word of God, this lamp to our feet, this light to our path, is actually breathed by God. It's not just information. Its point is not to just relay information. It's actually to relay transformation in our lives. When we position ourselves in a place to get that, God breathed it out, he offered it, and it is authoritative, and it is the foundation for all Christian life. All what we've believed through the years and will continue to believe to the end of age. It has lasted the test, and no matter how you feel or what you hear or what you see, it will last the test until the end of time, because it is the Word of God. 2 Timothy 4 verse 3 goes on just a little later. He says, for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Hmm. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. I think very clearly we are in and will continue to be in those days where people, the temptation and the, the message out there is to turn away from what the Word of God says and just listen to the teaching that pats us on the back and fluffs our pillow up and, uh, and, 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 but actually isn't founded in the Word of God. Not us, not C3, we're a word, we're, we're a people of the word. We've got to stand, we've got to fight, and we've got to understand what our convictions are about the word of God. We're to be in the world, but not of the world. We can be right in the middle of a society that's compromised, a society that's walked away, and we can stand strong if we have built our life on the word of God. You can do it, I can do it, but it, make, it takes a choice to be a people of the word. In order for us to walk the path that God has for us, I believe we need his word to continuously be revealing that path. Um, the, word, the word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. This talks about having steps that we take illuminated by the word of God. And as soon as we're outside of that context, we risk, we, we really do risk. God has grace and, and mercy and the spirit is led. I get all that. But as soon as we're outside of the word of God, it is, is very easy to walk off the path that he has for us. His word is that lamp to our feet. The implications of that declaration by the psalmist is that to remove the word is to remove that lamp. To remove the word in our life is to remove the light of our path. We've got to be careful not to do this. And we can do it in the grace of God, by the spirit of God, and as we do it as a community, as we choose to be that, those people who hold the Bible in high esteem as a core value here. If you've ever been lost in the dark, you'd know how thankful you are for flashlights the next time you're in the dark. If you've ever gone on a camping trip and you forgot to take some matches or some, a torch with you there, a flashlight, you'll know to bring it next time. I hope so anyway, I hope there are people that learn. And it's the same with the Word of God. When we've been in a dark time in a period where we've been lost, how much more thankful should we be for that light? that shines the path. And dare I say, many of us have, have maybe felt a little confused and lost in the year 2020. Is that a fair statement? I don't know, maybe I'm just putting myself out uh, on the plank here, but, but 2020's been a little dark, it's been a little confusing, it hasn't felt real clear in some areas of my life. I, I heard someone say, if the year 2020 was one of the disciples, it would be Judas. We feel a little betrayed by 2020. I, I, can, I can say that, Judas 2020. Um, but, 
But, and it's very, tempta- uh, very tempting in those times where we're stumbling around in the dark to, to look for the latest news article, to look for the who's going to rise up and, and, and lead us out of this, to look for uh, what's being trending on social media or what's the latest facts and put the Word of God on the shelf or behind us when really that's the time we need to pick the Word of God up. That's the time that we need to remember and declare, no, this is the lamp to my feet. This is the light to my path. Not all the voices, not just because they make more noise or they put together an articulate argument. It's actually the Word of God that's going to direct us. And it's the Word of God that's going to direct us forward as a church and as individuals as I lose my voice up here. It's, uh, It's a little... I, I love people, and I know you guys are, are people who love people, and I love my neighbors, my friends, my community, my church, those who know Jesus, the, those who don't, but it's so sad to see people stumbling around in the dark in this time, not knowing where to turn, so turning to whatever is in front of them. 2020 has been a year for Bible-believing Christians uh, where there's been a tension. There's been many tensions come up. Do you guys hear me out? Like... Should I highlight some of those tensions maybe that have, that have come up? I'm just making an observation here today. I'm not making statements. But there's a, this has been a year for me personally and, and for as a church where when you're trying to follow the Word of God best you can, and we never get it perfect. I'm not saying that today. Uh, but when you do that, as, but then you see what's going on in society, there's a conflict taking place. So if you get triggered by me saying there is a, a tension of being a Bible-believing Christian and, um, and living in society today. Don't worry, I'm only at the pulpit today and then next week my father-in-law's back and he would never say anything that would get you triggered, of course. But, um, but we shouldn't be baffled or confused by that. We should expect it because the history of the Word of God, the history of the Christian life is being in a little bit of a tension with the society and the culture that we live in. Because, like I said before, we're meant to be in the well, but not of it. We're meant to love people around us while holding firm on our foundations. So it's actually not just 2020 where there's a tension. It's every year of our life. Every day of our life, we're faced with these conflicts that come up about trying to obey the Word of God while trying to, to function in, our, in a normal life that we have. But here are some of the ones that have come up in this time for for us as a church and for many churches around North America. The Bible says, do not forsake gathering together. The year 2020 has been a year where we've been told it's not safe to gather together. The Bible says to continue to come together and pray and sing spiritual songs, but we're being told that it's not encouraged, it's not very safe to come together and sing songs. The Bible says to lay hands on prayer, uh, in prayer for each other and on each other it pretty much looks like shaking of hands is dead in our society from this day forward. There's some conflicts taking place, right? The Bible says that we should always do our best to be subject to our um, governing authorities and by all means possible, get along with people. Uh, But what about when we're faced with decisions that are made, deliberately or not deliberately, that's irrelevant to the point, uh, they contradict what we feel the Word of God is telling us to do. That's a tension. That's a conflict. That's a decision that we need to make. Why don't I go on with some of the racial tensions of the year 2020, just while I'm at it. We've been in an extremely um, hostile time 
of division. And even right now, there's cities theft of and protests and, and riots going on in cities based on the concept of wanting to eradicate uh, social injustice around racism. Something that as Bible-believing Christians, we believe that racism is evil, right? The Word of God clearly tells us that um, all men and women are made in God's image. It tells us that the body of Christ and before the throne in the end times is a great multitude, as, as more than the eye can see, of people from every people group, every tribe, every language worshiping together. The Bible tells us that in Christ there's no longer a Jew, nor Gen- Jew nor Gentile, uh, man or woman, free or slave. It says that none of that's real, like none of that is around anymore. It's a man-made structure of racism. So we believe that is the truth. But then when some in our cultures and society want to, want to use a means and a method that contradict the Word of God to achieve something that we believe, we're faced with a conflict. And that's okay. In fact, actually, uh, I love the Word of God, and, and I love that many of the great uh, movements in the world of racial reconciliation and, and dealing with racial oppression has been driven by people who have a conviction around the Word of God. William Wilberforce, one of my historical heroes, he was a a politician in Great Britain who led the charge against getting rid of the African slave trade. Uh, The movie Amazing Grace is based on his life. It's awesome. And he actually would walk to work every day from his house to to Parliament House there on the corner of Hyde Park in in Britain. And he would uh, declare Psalm 119 over his life. He would read it out. This psalm about the word of God being a lamp to his feet and a light to his path. And he was largely driven by his convictions. So the result on paper is a godly one, but then when the method is is not of God, what do we do as Bible-believing Christians? And I'm not here to give an answer to that today. I always say at our East Village location, if you came to church for answers when I'm speaking, you're gonna leave with more questions. So just get used to that. But I do wanna acknowledge that there is a conflict Maybe in your own life during this time, during 2020, with job loss or relationship strain or family pressures or politics, financial needs, um, things that have come up, sickness and ideas about healing, uh, there's been all kinds of pressure and conflict in you and tension about how do I live out the Word of God. I'm not here to answer specific details for those. I am here to declare that His Word is to be a lamp to our feet and it is is to be a light to our path. But the condition is we have to choose to step in and be a people of the word. Whatever you're facing, whatever we're facing, we can get through as long as we stay founded in the word of God. These boundaries, these principles, these things that are laid out, led by the spirit in us, illuminate the path that God would have before us. If you're finding yourself not able to see your next steps, may I encourage you to turn back to the word of God. Allow that to light the way. And, and, and put yourself in a position to, to hear the Word of God, to read the Word of God, to avoid uh, teaching or clever ideas that would contradict the Word of God in your life. And there's many of them in this day and age. I grew up um, on a coastal, a small town in the coast of Tasmania, a little island in Australia. And all across the coastline, maybe you've visited places, you'll see there's lighthouses for specific reasons. I had one about five minutes walk from my house growing up, so we'd go and explore it all the time. But these lighthouses are placed on the coast 
near dangerous waters for when um, ships and boats, people are at sea and they lose their way, they lose their reference, they cannot find the way to go and it gets dark or a storm's taking place and they're thrown off path. These lighthouses are placed as, as that light to guide them home, guide them to safety, guide them to a place. We need to allow the Word of God to be a lighthouse in our life. When we're off track, when we're off path, and we all get off path, thank you, God, for your grace in our lives. But is the Word of God a lighthouse for you? I would encourage you and I'd urge you that, that to make that a, a place where you look to, to find your way. It is the lamp to our feet and the light to our path. Whenever we feel lost, when we're stumbling through the dark or we're lost at sea in a storm, I encourage you to allow the Word of God to show you the way. So in this last few minutes, I just want to um, look at how did Jesus apply the, the Word in His life? There's many examples, but there's a great story and picture because we want to be more like Jesus, right? We want to be Christ followers. We want to learn His ways. If you're a disciple of Christ, that means an apprentice of Christ, which means we will actually take His way and implement that and infuse that into our life. And I love the story here of Jesus, Jesus in the desert that we find in, in uh, the book of Matthew chapter 4. Um, just prior to this, and I'm going to read it in a moment, um, Jesus is baptized. He's about to launch into his public ministry. He has a huge charismatic Pentecostal experience moment, which would form us to be backflipping in the pews and frothing. It's one of these great experiences with God, undeniable that he has in his life, where the heavens open, the Father speaks says, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. The Holy Spirit descends like a dove and you have Jesus, the, the son of God there, the Trinity right there in that moment, an amazing experience. If, if I had an experience even similar to that in any way, that's something I'd be holding on and using to my, as my defense and, and bringing up wherever I could. Um, I've had experiences with God. I'm so thankful our God's into filling us with the spirit. And, uh, and wants us to have experiences. But it's very interesting what happens next and what Jesus chooses to do. In Matthew 4, it says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, into the year 2020, to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. It says the devil then took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the day. If you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written. So here we have the devil trying to, to get in on the action about twisting the Bible here. It says he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. But Jesus answered him and said, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to test. And again, the devil took him up. This is the third, third time he's tempting him here to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus answered him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and the angels come and attended him. What an amazing story. There's so much in this, but... We literally see Jesus have this amazing experience with God. And then he's led to the desert to go, go through this process. Um, and he's tempted by the enemy, but what does he choose to stand on? He doesn't choose to stand purely on his experience against the enemy. He chooses, on the, he chooses to stand on the word of God. His defense and his attack against the enemy in a time of darkness in the desert 
is to actually refer to the authority of the scriptures in his life and in ours. This is our greatest weapon against the enemy. This is our greatest weapon against our uh, times of darkness, of, of confusion, of being uh, unclear on what steps to take. We need to be people who are, use the word as that light to our path and lamp to our feet. We need to be a people of the word of God. Jesus does this. He, he, he actually takes the word of God, defends against the enemy. By the third time, he had, says, away from me, Satan, for it is written. This is our defense and this is our offense in these times where we're tr- people or the enemy or circumstances are trying to take us off track. We are a people of the word. Hebrews 4 verse 12 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the, the, <laughs> piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The word of God is living. It is alive. I'm not talking about this book here being alive. I've never looked over to my, my desk and seen this runoff, like the hand from the Adams family. It's not talking about that kind of living. It's talking about the, the, the God-breathed words that we find in this, translated from the original languages, yes, and, and all that, but teamed with the Spirit of God. When we put our Bible with the Spirit, it is alive. It is active. It is growing in our life. Something that's alive is an organism. It's moving and it's feeding and it's transforming. These aren't just words on pages. The Word of God is alive. We need to remember that. We need to remember the Word is our weapon. The Word is our mirror. The Word is our authority. The Word sets our boundaries. The Word and the, and, and the story and the, the, um, what's told in this and the life of Jesus uh, is our boundaries, but it also sets us free, like we were praying at the start. This is the most freeing book ever. Absolutely. Don't believe the lie that the Bible's narrow-minded. This is not narrow. This is the most freeing thing. This is the thing every person on planet Earth needs and is invited to hear, the story of God, the good news of Father God, who always wanted a relationship with us, never wanted us to depart, but we left, and then it's a love story of Him pursuing us and coming to us when we keep turning our back on him. And then Jesus dying on the cross, making a way for us so that no man needs to be separate from him. This is the greatest story ever told. And this is the story of love. It's not a story of oppression. It's a, it's a story of freedom. And we need to be a people of the word. In closing, just some final thoughts. Um, and, and then I want to pray. Why do we, t- on the word of God and, and us, why the Bible? Why do we teach from the Bible? Why do we preach from the Bible? Why do we as individuals encourage every single person to be in their word? Some final thoughts on on that and how we can apply that is, are we reading our word and allowing it to shape our world or are we allowing the world to shape our word? There's a big difference. There's a big difference. The intentionality of God Offering and breathing this out is so that the words would actually shape our world around us. The word of God exposes truth in our culture, but too often we're allowing the culture to diminish and to drown out that truth. We need to turn back to the word of God. We need to hold up this and continue to have this as an authority in our life. I know to follow the path God's laid before me and and before you, I need my worldview to be the word view. I need the way that I view this world, I view events to be through the lens of being able to see, and I know that it will be 
lit up. It'll be illuminated. I'll be, I'll be able to see the steps to take. Doesn't mean we don't get it wrong. Doesn't mean that we don't misunderstand. God's grace is over that. But if we position ourselves with a word view as our worldview, we will stay on track. We will make it through. It's an awesome thing. I had seven quick points here. Um, let me give you seven points in 70 seconds of how, just for me, how I have uh, continued to strive to keep the passion for the Word of God alive in my life. And these are not an exclusive list, nor are they perfectly articulated. These are just some of the ways that I've managed to keep the Word alive in my life because uh, I know that I need it every day. So number one is be like Nike, just do it. You just gotta do it. I don't always wanna brush my teeth, but I know it's good for me. Oh, we, need, we need it. It's the same with the Word of God, just do it. Let's not make excuses. Time's time short. We need, we need to make sure that we have the Word of God. You just got to do it. Put it into your routine, your system, your life. Number two, read the Word more than reading about the Word. This is big because we listen to podcasts, we read books, and we think that we're getting filled with the Word of God. We're actually getting filled with great things about the Word of God, but it tricks us into thinking we're actually feeding on the Word itself. Let's be a people of the Word, not just hearing about the Word, actually consuming the Word for ourselves. Number three, if you find a difficult passage, see it as an invitation to dive deeper. And when you find a difficult passage, zoom out. What's going on beforehand? What's going on afterwards? It's all part of a context. And then what's going on, zoom out further. What's going on in the big picture of God's story? Don't allow difficult passages to stop you from and doesn't reading on the Word of God. Number four, pick a translation that you enjoy reading and doesn't make you look fancy to the Bible nerds, of which I'm a Bible nerd, so it's okay. But if your translation isn't, isn't working for you, find one that you can get life from. Because it's all translated from some original languages anyway, let's be realistic. But find the one that works for you that's, that's an orthodox, that's an accepted form of a translation of the Bible. Pick that translation that feeds you, that doesn't drain you because you can't get your head around it. Number five, phone a friend. This is really important when we're coming to work, reading the Word of God. Do you have friends in your life that you can discuss Scripture with? Are you a part of a group where you can bring up difficult passages together. Um, we need to be a people. We, we believe the Christian life's best worked out in the context of relationship. In fact, it's only really worked out in the context of relationship. So find a friend. friend. We, we talk about sports scores together. We talk about recipes for, together. Well, I don't, but some people do. They exchange things like that. We, we do those kind of things. Let's make the scripture a part of our everyday conversations with those friends. Phone a friend. Number six, change your perspective. How you approach the word is what you'll get from it. If you only see it as information, you'll just get information. But if you see it as God-breathed, transformational word of God that's gonna illuminate your path, you'll get that. And number seven, let the breath of God continue to breathe through his written word. I love the word of God. I, I know you do too. Let's continue to be a people of the word. And as I close here today, uh, put Eckley in this moment. I just want to give you an invitation. Let's not, I don't want to put any misconception out there. This entire book is about Jesus Christ. Everything leading up to his life is pointing towards the need of Messiah. Everything uh, that we see is, is God manifest as a man, as the Son of God. And then everything afterwards is reminding us and pointing us back to the cross and what Jesus did. And to be in a relationship with God, it's a very simple thing of accepting that Jesus Christ was the Son of God and He did what He said He did and would do. Save myself and what's recorded, placing your faith in Him that we can't save ourselves. I can't save myself, but I don't have to because Jesus 
has removed the barrier for me. When I place my faith in Him, I actually am connected to my Father in heaven. That's the miracle. That's the story of this book. And in this place, if you've never made that decision today, with eyes closed around this place, just out of respect for each other, very quickly, I wanna give you the opportunity to, to enter back into that relationship with God, your Creator today. Your Father, He's crying out here today. He's done everything that He can do. Relationship requires a choice just to believe that Jesus has established that relationship for you. So if you wanna meet God, maybe you felt God pulling on your heart during 2020 in this service, and you wanna start a relationship with Him, you're not sure where you stand, could you just give me a wave? I'd love to lead us in a prayer if there is anybody in that setting. We'd invite you. This is why we do what we do, so people are connected to God. And just give me a, give me a wave if uh, I see, yeah, I think that's a wave there. I think, thank you, awesome. You can put your hand down. Awesome, I see that hand. So good. I want to get eating in seconds here in this place, but I don't want to miss this because today people are meeting God again. They're, they're starting their relationship with Him. And love is going to pour out in a fresh way. Freedom's going to come. Your life is going to be changed from this moment forward. So is there anybody else here just looking across the room once more? Awesome, I see that hand, thank you. Amazing, amazing. We're gonna say a prayer here together, everybody together. And if you raise your hand, I just congratulate you on the greatest decision you've made. That in itself was actually a symbol, an act of faith that you, you believe today. And I believe God saved you. So now we're gonna pray this prayer together and I encourage you to pray it. I'd love to meet up with you afterwards here at the front of the stage and talk more about it. But, but I am just so excited to get to lead you in, uh, in connecting with your Creator again. So let's all say this together. Just say, dear God, I love you. Thank you for calling me home. Forgive me where I haven't acknowledged you, where I've doubted you, where I thought you weren't for me. I know today you are for me and that you love me. So I place my faith today in Jesus Christ, your son, who died and rose again and has forgiven me of my sins and allowed me to have relationship with you. Fill me with your spirit in this moment. So from this day forward, I know that I know that you are with me, that you love me, that you're forgiven me. And I have a great life ahead with you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Amazing. Congratulations. I am so excited for you. I really am. This is, this is such a privilege, and I'd love to meet with you afterwards. But you are in any way in relationship with God who loves you and cares for you. And we'd love to help equip you more in any way we can. So let somebody know. Let the person you came with know. Come and see one of the leaders here. Let's just stand in this place. Thank you for allowing me to go an extra few minutes. But, but wasn't it worth it? Three people just gave their life to Jesus. That's so awesome. And I want to pray today for two categories of people. If, if you're a person who's struggled with the Word of God, you've struggled, you're, you love Jesus, you love God, but you've never really been able to figure this out, I'd love to pray for you and, um, and, and pray for supernatural power to come into your Bible reading uh, and that God would start to reveal stuff through His Scripture. Maybe you've wandered away from that and you've started to go into teachings that, that are, you know, those teachings of 
the people in these times would have, scratch their itching ears with, but there's flags in those and you know that you need to get back and anchor in the Word of God. I wanna pray for you today. And I wanna pray um, for those of you who have got the Word of God established in your life. There's people here who have been reading the Bible for longer than I've been. It's a church and you're amazing. And I love that. But I believe God's calling us as a church and us as Christians in this day to rise up and equip the next generation to equip people in reading the Word, to not allow them to wander off, but actually, and not just beat them up with a Bible and tell them the Bible says this, but actually to sit down and show the Word to God. Because I believe there's a generation rising up that is seeking truth. They're so hungry for truth. And it's easy to point the finger for us and say they get us as Christians, but actually they're so hungry, but they're bombarded by information every day. And it's up to us as Christians, not just behind the pulpit, but every day in our cafes, in our workplaces, in our schools, in our families, to be a people of the Word, a people equipping people for the Word. And if that's you in this place, I wanna pray too. So if any of those categories resonated with you, just lift your hands up. Let's just pray here for a minute. Lord, I thank you, God. I thank you, Lord, that you have established your word as the final authority in our lives. And pray for those, well, this book is truth. Your word is a, light, a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. So I pray for those of us who have struggled through this process, those of us who have put our word down, that this week there'd be a new hunger to dive into your scriptures. And along with that hunger, your Holy Spirit would visit and give clarity, give direction, give wisdom, give endurance that when it gets difficult, we don't have to give up because we know you're right there with us, teaching us and guiding us and pointing us. So I thank you, Lord, for a new uh, passion for the world. We've found that you would make us all people who walk the path that you've laid before because we've found it in your word. And for those who are desiring and, and feeling a hunger to equip others, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, we pray that you would give them opportunities. You would give them boldness to step out and, and to talk about the Word of God, to, to talk to people, to take, to mentor young people. I, I, see, I see couples, I see families actually uh, mentoring young couples in the world. Patient is sitting down and reading the Scriptures together and discussing it and talking about it and being patient and grace-filled and spirit-empowered and pointing people back to the Word. I see, I see people who have a desire to teach the Word of God, God stirring up that gift in you. You're gonna get opportunities even this week to start to teach and preach and share. But let it always be God from a place of grace, of love, of not judgment, of wanting to see your kingdom built in this world, of wanting to see every person experience you in a new way. So I thank you, Lord, for mentors. I thank you for disciple makers. I thank you for people of the Word, walking by the Word and teaching others in the Word. In your mighty name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you so much, church. I love you guys. It's such a privilege to get to preach. You can uh, take a seat. We're just going to hear from the service leaders as we wrap up the service today. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.